I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Doug. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and feature on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Good morning on a Thursday. I don't think we've ever done a pod on a Thursday. Whoa, really? Wow. How exciting for the listeners out there. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, also very exciting, the, the Thunder signed center Justin Patton to... Let's get it. To like a roster spot. Yeah. I was talking to John Hamm and he's like, oh yeah, this is probably exhibit 10. Like this is a camp invite. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Nope. It's like, nope, they signed him to a deal. It's, it's He's got some non-guarantees in there. I think he's only guaranteed 700000 this year. And he's got two other non-guaranteed years. So if, you, if it works out, they've got him on a really great deal. And if it doesn't work out, it's really, it's it's nothing. So... Yeah, I was just uh, I was just going back through his illustrious basketball career, and uh, since he he his first year in Creighton, well, his only year in Creighton, he has only played a total of eighty four games. So that includes like all of his G League games, his year at Creighton, and his four games in the NBA. <laughs> so he is relatively new to basketball. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, But but that's I mean, honestly, it's a good thing because you go back and read his scouting reports like I read the Draft Express scouting report and uh, a few other ones. And everybody says this guy's a project. He's going to be a project. It's going to be a few years before you see anything. So, like, I feel like uh, it's it's changed for him because of his injuries. I mean, that's all I thought about when I heard that we had signed Justin Patton is like, oh, that guy was in the Jimmy Butler trade and like never played because he was always so injured. Yep. But even going back and reading these scouting reports, like he was never going, he was never expected to pop in the first couple of years, anyways. So maybe, maybe something will happen. You read his scouting report and it says that he's, you know, a rim running big, that he has the chance to be a modern center. Um, they were, de- they were using names to describe him that like Samuel Dallenbear, which I don't, <laughs> that's, that doesn't excite me that much. But if he uh, could have that career. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, that'd be great. It's a good backup center. Like, they, at least on Draft Express, they were talking about, like, this guy can defend on the perimeter. Um, He can Mm -hmm. be switched on to guards. He's a good rim runner. He's not a great rebounder. He's not a great, uh, he's a a decent, uh, what's a, what would you call a block shotter? (laughs) Shot blocker? Shot blocker. That's it. That's it, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. It's 5 a.m. <laughs> um, but actually, after reading this, I felt better because when I first heard the news, I was thinking, oh, this guy's always injured. And do we really want to take a roster spot with like a center, like a big old center? Yeah. He's still a little bit better now. He's talented. It's worth a shot. I mean, there's not a lot of other guys that kind of have had his profile of like, He's supposed to be this really talented young guy, and he just hasn't worked out, and he's just sitting out there without a job. And the Thunder are in a position where it's just like, we'll we'll take him. We'll yeah. see what we can do. And it's 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 interesting, and it's funny. There was a tw- I think it was Keith Smith tweeted something like, "Well, the Thunder were really intrigued with him through the draft process and wanted to bring him in." It's like, when else would they have been intrigued with him? Like, what other opportunity did they have to be intrigued with him? Like, of course that's the time that they were intrigued with him. He's put like two NBA minutes. Yeah, it's true. that You can't base anything off. Like, I even tried to just look at his G League stats. Like, oh, maybe I can find something out here. It's like, he played 11 games for the Delaware whoever's. Yeah. So there's I mean, really there's, nothing, there's nothing to go off of. Yeah. It's, I really don't understand. What I don't understand, I don't remember that draft that much uh, in terms of how people were talking about him. Yeah. I don't really understand why he went as high as he did. Because um, it's not like he had these amazing, overwhelming college basketball stats at Creighton. He put up like 12 and 7 or something. He, I don't know either. He is, he is projected like in the 20s, like the early 20s. Yeah, I guess that would make and, more sense. 
And it's the Timberwolves, man. Like, they already had Towns. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you are you drafting that guy? Yeah, Especially they could have taken TJ Leaf. They could have had TJ. <laughs> I mean, they could have had OG Ananobi. They could have had Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. Like, those guys make way more sense. It's like, okay, let's just get a project wing. Like, okay, let's get a guy that plays the same position as our best player and that won't play a whole lot. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just classic Timberwolves. That's what it feels like. Uh, but yeah, it's, he's intriguing. He may never touch the floor for the Thunder. That's a real possibility that they make a trade and they end up getting, you know, two for one or something like that. And they may do that twice and there's not a roster spot left and they cut him. So I wouldn't get too excited, but. He could be our new Dakari. He's our victory cigar after all of our wins this year. Yeah, he he very well could be. He could be that. And he's at least, I mean, the Dakari thing never made sense to me. It did not. Uh, he's, he was the opposite of a modern big. He was, he was a big from like 1998 that was really slow, pretty skilled, uh, could score around the basket. And just couldn't defend anybody unless it's on the low block. Yeah. And he was really bad. And Justin Patton's not that. He's, I mean, if you were like talking about his ceiling, it's probably closer to like a Clint Capella type of guy. That's like a really good rim runner, going to finish everything around the rim. Not a great rebounder, but a pretty good shot blocker. And like that's, that's his like potential. Will he get there? Probably not. I wouldn't bet on that. But if you're looking at what kind of player he could be, that's the kind of guy. Even the uh, – I was reading some Timberwolves blog, and this was right after the draft, and they said on their own he's a year away from being a year away. So that means this should be the year because that was two years ago. Breakout so year. Very, very exciting. Justin Patton breakout year with the rebuilding Thunder. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the schedule came out. Woo! And I'm usually – not huge on schedule stuff. It's like, all right, cool. They play, you know, 41 games at home, 41 games on the road, whatever. But this year, they switched it up. This year, it's way different. No, I think you look at, and we kind of text about this a little bit, but the schedule, really, it starts the last week of October through the second week of December. And it's incredibly difficult. Like they play Golden State three times within that span. They play Houston. They've got Portland, Philly, Lakers. I think they play the Lakers twice. They play the Clippers. It's it's insane. Go look at it. To me, it provides a pretty unique opportunity to see, is this team actually any good? And how how good are they? And I think that's kind of important for this team because when they get to mid-December... They're going to know, like, how good is a Chris Paul, Gallinari, Steven Adams team? And it's not like they're going to try to like give that a go and make that the new core of the Thunder. They have no intention of doing that whatsoever. But you at least get to see, like, do can we actually make a run at the eighth seed? Because if they come out of, if they get to December 15th, which is interesting because that kind of ends that run. That that last week before December 15th, it's Portland, Utah, Sacramento, Denver. It's like those are all <laughs> difficult games. Uh, you get to December 15th where you can start making trades like that. You'll know how good this team is and whether or not you want to try to go for the eighth seed. If they're 500 or better after that, the Thunder can make the eighth seed. Like They could do it, uh, but I suspect they won't be. <laughs> Would be would be my prediction is that they won't be anywhere near that. Man, remember last year where we played Phoenix like eight times in November? Yeah, and now we don't even get to see Phoenix because I was I was trying to see we play Washington. Washington is the first home game, mm-hmm. so hopefully that will be a win. But then I was looking like what's the next obvious bad team that we play? And I'm just I just continue to scroll. And it's like December 16th, we play Chicago. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) But everything in between there, all those teams either made the playoffs last year or they're New Orleans, who is probably going to be better. Yeah. And like maybe Orlando is the worst team that they play in that span. They play Orlando at home 
on November 5th. Yeah, wow. That's brutal. That's, pr- that's probably the worst team that they play. They play Minnesota Friday at home on December 6th, so maybe that's the other one. But it's everybody else. Golden State, Houston, Portland, San Antonio, Indiana, Philadelphia. Maybe Indiana without Oladipo will be a winnable game. Well, this but should like, make Taylor really happy because he wants this team to lose every game. He wants them to go 0-82. He wants Chris Paul to be embarrassed <laughs> on a national stage. So this is the kind of schedule that could potentially do that. I mean – they could get to December and have like five wins. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's very possible. Just, Just reliving two thousand nine. Let's do it. <laughs> it's very possible. Oh man, I don't think that I don't think they win only five games, but they'll they're gonna have to compete at a high level to be anywhere close to five hundred. Yeah, it's it's so it's really crazy, and that's that's also just kind of the Western Conference. You know, there's just not any bad teams, and you're going to play all those teams a lot. I think like the East-West discrepancy in like record and like what it takes for one of these top teams in the East or even like a middling team in the East to make the playoffs is kind of a joke because of the amount of times they get to play these bad teams. It's pretty amazing that uh, so OKC has three national TV games. Mm-hmm. I was honestly surprised that we got that. I mean, I I knew we'd get the Russ game, yeah, coming back. So that's January 9th. Um, but we got two other games. Meanwhile, a team like the Kings, they got one national TV game. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. It is. Like Darren so Fox is going to be really fun this year. That team is going to be good. They're probably. I'll I'll bet they finish with a better record than OKC. Man, there's a chance, though, that at the end of the year, looking at their March and April schedule, that they could really excite us if if, if they've traded away some of these older guys and it's just the young guys around because we play all the bad East teams in March. Yeah. Yeah, you look at – I mean, maybe they hang on to Chris Paul. I, They're not going to hang on to Gallinari. Like, that's just not going to happen. But that that's why I say if they can be 500 or around 500 after December – like it softens up quite a bit, and then you have a chance to actually make a run at a playoff spot in March, because you start they start off playing the Clippers, but then they get Detroit, New York, Boston, Utah, Minnesota, Washington, Memphis, Atlanta, Denver, Miami, Charlotte, Golden State, Denver. It's like okay, they can win most of those games with the roster they have right now. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, and we. You can talk about how, like, if they had Paul George and Russell, how different would their schedule look? It would probably look different. Um, But still, not having Paul George on this team for six weeks or whatever it's going to be would be a really pretty terrifying time to be a Thunder fan. Yeah, I mean, according to – and who knows if these, these algorithms are accurate. I've never actually gone back and checked them. But the strength of schedule, at least for right now, OKC and Phoenix have the hardest strength of schedule in the league looking ahead. Now, that can always change because, again, like we're going to get to play Indiana when the, before Old Depot comes back. So it's always different once you actually get into the season. But I, I am much less worried about us having the hardest schedule in the league right now that we don't have Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I don't really care at this point. It doesn't matter that much. I mean, for this year. I mean, I think the team is like, well, if we can be good, that'd be cool. And if we're not good and we're picking in the, you know, top five, cool. There's really no outcome outside of like being the ninth seed and getting like the, you know, 14th pick that's like, oh, that's kind of gross. You know, like if you make the playoffs, like that's pretty cool. And if you get a top five pick, pretty cool. So I w- I'd be happy with either one. All right. Are you ready to g- finish out the Eastern Conference? <laughs> if we if we can, yes. <laughs> uh, we still have six teams left. We have to get through these six teams. That's unbelievable. I didn't know there were this many teams in the Eastern Conference. 
they keep adding them. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, all right. Now, this one's exciting, Andrew. The first one, and so we've done the first nine teams, and this is how they finished last year in the Eastern Conference. The 10th team last year was the Miami Heat, a team that we are very interested in. Yeah. They were 39 and 43 last year, 10th in the Eastern Conference. They're over under this year, 43 and a half wins. They, of course, added Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, remember him, Myers Leonard. They lost Josh Richardson, Hassan Whiteside, Wayne Ellington. This team should be better. They should be. They finally have like an alpha. Mm-hmm. They're in a weakened conference. It's hard for me not to go over with the Miami Heat. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Butler, for all of his antics, all of the weirdness that he's created, has always been like a winning type of player. Like when he played for Minnesota, they made the playoffs. When he got to Philly, you know, they really competed and he was awesome in the playoffs. And so, like I was saying, like in the East, you don't need that much to be a playoff team. You just don't. And having Jimmy Butler, and if you can get Goran Dragic to play, you know, 50 games or something like that, like you're going to make the playoffs with just that. Uh, but then they've got good role players like James Johnson's good, Justice Winslow's good. You have the Kelly Olenek, Myers Leonard duo. Like they've got good players. Then you have Bam Adebayo, uh, who's developing, getting better, and now we'll have more of an opportunity this year uh, without Whiteside there. So yeah, they're a good team. So the NBA smart guy take for the Miami Heat, I would say it's probably right now is that Tyler Hero will retire as the greatest Heat player of all time. <laughs> I think that's what all the smart people are saying out there. Don't, wouldn't you agree? I actually think that it might be that Tyler Hero is barely an average NBA player. Oh, Andrew, no. I don't listen to those smart guys. <laughs> I've heard that. It's like, yeah, like some people have been impressed with him. Uh, not me so much. Uh, I also think the fact that uh, Bam Adebayo is about to have a breakout year. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That. Yeah. Um, okay, my trivia for you. I want you to put these Heat players in order of their three-point percentage last year. Okay. okay. So best to worst. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you four of their youngish guys. I want you to put them in order. Best to worst three-point percentage. Okay. Josh Richards. Ah. Josh Richardson. Kelly Olynyk. Dion Waiters. Justice Winslow. Okay. How would you how would you predict that they finished last year? Justice Winslow won. Um, oh, Dion Waiters two. Mm, interesting. Kelly Olenek three, and then who's the other one? Josh Richardson. Josh God, Richardson hard, four. So your boy Dion was actually number one out of that group. Oh, okay. What was Third he? By- he was he shot thirty seven point seven percent last year. Oh, okay. So nobody and, shot the ball that well. <laughs> well, not like crazy well, but that was better than I was expecting. And then Justice yeah. Winslow was number two at thirty seven point five percent. Okay, I knew he it was, was going to be high. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just surprised because I don't really. In fact, both of those guys shot better than Wayne Ellington did last year. Oh, and that's then, weird. Uh, and then Josh Richardson and Kelly Olynyk was actually the worst on the team, thirty five point four percent. Wow. How about that? Yeah, so so that leads into my crystal ball for you, my crystal ball question. I want you to rank these players' chances of winning most improved player this season. Okay, okay. Because they got some good ones. Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, Bam Adebayo, and then I'm going to throw in Josh Richardson because he's playing with the Sixers now. He, he's probably going to be seen by a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Which of those guys do you think has the best chance to win most improved player? I think it's probably Bam. I do think he's going to... I mean, now that Whiteside's gone... Yeah. He's going to get a lot of playing time. He's coming into his own. He's 22. He's been in the league a couple of years. Yeah. And he'll, he's, he's got to be their starter, right? Yeah. Of course. Who else would it be? I mean, I guess you start Olenek. Although he but, just... He's injured right now. Oh, he is. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> More time for a breakout <laughs> well, for him. 
All right, so you, you're on the Bam Bandwagon. You the see Bam his wagon. name. You see his the the Bam Wagon's first name is Edris. Edris. Yeah. Does that start it's with a, an E or an I? E D R I C E, or maybe it's Ed Rice. Yeah, it's probably Ed Rice. <laughs> I think it's that. Uh, I'd never heard that before. Never in my whole life. This is the first time I've seen that. I'm Ed Rice at a bio. <laughs> um, okay, so that's that's the heat, and that kind of wraps up the good teams, the potential good teams in the East. And now we move on to the dregs, Andrew. Yeah. The bottom feeders, starting with the Washington Wizards. Oh, this is a nasty team. Oh, boy. Nasty little team, Andrew. 32 <laughs> and 50 last year, 11th in the Eastern Conference. They're over under this season. 27 and a half. Oh, give me the under, baby. Yeah, why is that so high? Listen to their key additions. Ish Smith, Isaiah Thomas, Rui Hachimura, Dabas Bertans, CJ Miles, Mo Wagner, and Isaac Bonga. Their key losses, they lost Tomas Santoransky, Trevor Riza, Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, and Jeff Green. There's a lot of, that's, those are some names. Those are some disappointing names. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> heading out but still it's not like they brought in a ton i mean they're bringing just, in guys that could really disappoint too with like like cj miles is a guy you think in your head like oh that's a good player it's like i mean not really he's not that and good and i'm pretty sure he has a relatively significant injury if i remember correctly okay. um but yeah it, they're this roster is just disgusting i don't like it and i don't know why they're over under <laughs> is only 27 and a half. I feel like it should be a much lower. If it was 25, I would be like, eh, maybe. But yeah, give me the under. And I'm not yeah. really that worried about it. No. And, I mean, if you're a Wizards fan and you're trying to lean optimistic, it's like, you know, like maybe this year Isaiah Thomas is finally healthy. And you can sure. you know, bring a little bit of the magic back. He weighs 165 pounds. He recently like put that on Instagram wow. or something. 165. That's, That's just what a... I tell myself I weigh. <laughs> I don't weigh that, though. I weigh a little bit more. That's just unbelievable. I just can't believe that. Man, I, I just, especially if you were actually putting money on this, you get the potential Brad Beal trade like factored into this. Yeah. So, yeah, take the under. Yeah. I mean, they should probably trade him. I mean, look at, like, who else on this roster gets you excited for the future of the Grizzlies? I guess it's Rui Hachimura, and, like, who else? I mean, it's uh, we, just a we bunch got any of names. Troy Brown fans out there? I mean, maybe. I mean, I'll, we'll give you Troy. Are you an Admiral um, Schofield guy? Nope. Thomas Bryant? He he had he, didn't he yeah. shoot fifteen for fifteen in a game? That's something. Yeah, yeah, he was okay. Yeah, hang my hat on that. Last year of Jan Mahinmi's 2016 contract. That'll be fun. <laughs> so mean, my MB, my NBA smart guy is take, good, but whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll, I'm going to talk about him in a second. Okay. Uh, d- um, my NBA smart guy take. What do you think about this? I've been hearing a lot of people saying Rui Hachimura is overrated. Oh. Um, we shouldn't be excited about him. Who's overrating him? I don't even know who's rating him. I don't know. I th- I think he's going to be a really interesting player because he has, you know, the Japanese background. And yeah. if you've read any of these stories about the Japanese press coming to cover him, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be a big star, even if we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think he's going to get more press maybe than people think he's is warranted for him as a, as a player. Although I will say in his FIBA last FIBA game, he dropped 32. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's a good player. I mean, is there anyone else on this team that you think smart guys got their eye on? I, I feel like, Oh gosh, I didn't even like, how old do you think Jordan McCray is? So I actually didn't know who that was. Okay. <laughs> He's a guy that's kind of bounced around and played for a few teams. He's 28. I didn't realize he was that old. Um, dude, I don't know either. Yeah, there's not a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot to be smart about. I guess okay, it I, has to be a Rui take. 
I guess. I, I've got some awesome trivia questions for you. <clears throat> okay. That you won't know, but I, I was, I could not think of anything for the Wizards, so I typed in Wizards trivia, and I found this old blog from like the '90s that just had some really quality trivia. So, <laughs> and th- this is a great one. This first one, NBA history trivia. Only two players in NBA history have ever won the Rookie of the Year and the MVP in the same season. And one was a Washington Wizard. Can you name either of them, Andrew? Magic? Uh, No, that's a very good guess, though. Oh, okay. I don't know. It was uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Okay. And then the Washington Wizard was Wes Unseld. Oh, okay. Winning the Rookie of the Year and the MVP in the same season. Wow. Now, in the 1987-1988 season, the Washington Bullets had the unique claim to fame of having the tallest and shortest players in NBA history on the same team. That was probably fun to watch. Do you remember who those players were? Manute Ball. Yeah, Manute Ball, 7'7". And um, Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, Muggsy Bogues, 5'3". Yeah. How how tall was uh, Earl Boinkins? Earl was 5'5". Wow. Yeah. Poor guy. He was two inches away from going to <laughs> I know. History. I know. And then th- this last one, not a trivia, but the Wizards changed their name from the Bullets to the Wizards in 1995. I never knew what the other finalists were, which were the Washington Dragons, oh. the Washington Express, which are kind of like that, and the Washington Sea Dogs. Sea Dogs. Yeah. Um, all right, my crystal ball question for you, the question everyone wants to know, Andrew. Will Bradley Beal be traded this year? And if so, who's your number one team to trade for him? Oh, man. I think they do. I just don't – I don't know. This this team is going currently going nowhere. And Bradley Beal will – they'll win probably too many games with Bradley Beal. Like, they'll – they win twenty five games. It's like okay, let's just let's try to lose all the games and let's just get as many lottery balls as we can. Um, as far as favorite fit, because if you think about it, whoever trades for him is going to need a lot of assets. Oh, yeah, yeah, my my team is Denver. Mm, Denver, yeah, I, I do like some of those trades. I still think Boston could get into the mix if they wanted to, because yeah. they have they have the Memphis pick left. And if they were willing to give up Jalen Brown. You think that makes them a contender? Uh, well, probably not with Ennis Cantor still as their starting. Yeah, I just. I mean, I think that makes Denver a legit contender. Yeah, I think it would. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. Especially if they kept Jamal Murray, which you would assume they would. Because they can still give Michael Porter Jr. They can give Gary Harris. Yeah, they, can, they probably have some picks outstanding that would be, you know, whatever picks. Um, they could give uh, Bowl Bowl. Yeah, Washington wants to do that. Uh, they could do like a Malik Beasley. So you yeah, could they, do Harris, Porter Jr., Wancho, Malik Beasley, and a pick for Bradley Beal. It's very funny going on to the Washington subreddit right now. Because yeah. they, they're just posting uh, bad Bradley Beal trades and then making fun <laughs> of the fan bases. Okay. <laughs> so I don't actually know what would be good enough. Of course, now everyone looks at the Paul George trade, and so their whole fan base is like, well, we have to get that. Oh, right. So yeah. Good luck, maybe. You're not getting that. The Thunder, the only reason that the Thunder got all they did for Paul George is because the Clippers got two top five guys. <laughs> In one deal, basically, uh, and the amount of pressure that was put on them is something you can't manufacture in the in the regular season. You can't do that; it's just yeah. impossible. But like the Nuggets would move forward into the playoffs with Bradley Beal, Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic, Will Barton, Jeremy Grant, Jamal Murray, Torrey Craig, Monte Morris. Yeah, like that's a really good team. That's a really good team. Man, it's really hard to find another team that would have enough good assets. And that's a lot. That's a lot to give up for for Denver. Like Harris, Porter Jr.'s potential, like two kind of 
Flyers and Beasley and Hernan Gomez and then a first round pick. Like that's a good trade. And they could even flip Harris if they wanted to, if he didn't really fit with their timeline. Yeah. And Gary Harris is good and he's on a relatively cheap deal. Um yeah, I'm looking I can't find another team. Uh okay, you ready to move on to the Atlanta Hawks? Before we move on to something as good as the Hawks, why don't we talk about Blue Garden first? Blue Garden! Blue Garden is located in downtown Oklahoma City. It's a food truck park. And my wife and I were actually walking around uh, the lake last night, Lake Hefner, after eating dinner. And it was like, oh my goodness, it's so perfect outside. We're kind of starting to get glimpses of like what the fall will be like. And that's like prime time for Blue Garden is to go hang out. They're they're gonna have some uh, fires out there that you can sit around and you know have some drinks, eat some really good food from local businesses, play some cornhole, play some cornhole, play some ping pong. It's just it's just a cool place. It's a cool hangout spot. If you haven't been, it's worth just to go to check it out. Uh, but get a group of friends together. Maybe take your family there. Uh, for for dinner or something, it's great. So support the people that support Down to Dunk, and go check out Blue Garden. You can go see some uh, commissioned Dusty Gilpin artwork at Blue oh, Garden. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did a uh, full wall mural of the dude from The Big Lebowski. Yeah, he did. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, Atlanta Hawks, twenty nine and fifty three last year, twelfth in the Eastern Conference. They're over under this year. 33 and a half. Their key additions, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Jabari Parker, Evan Turner, Chandler Parsons. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Key on losses. a max. <laughs> on a max. Key losses, former NBA smart guy, Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. Man, the Hawks, you know, last year really surprised people towards the end of the season. Um, and now you're only having to pick, well, you're having to pick them to win four more games than last year. Mm-hmm. They are adding in a bunch of young, more young players, so there's going to be even more minutes for young players. So I'm probably I probably shouldn't go over because they're going to be even younger than they were last year. But I don't know. I like this team, and I think they'll figure it out. So I'm going over. Yeah, and they've got guys like Alan Crabb and Evan Turner that have experience on good teams uh, that can help them win. I don't. I have no clue why they signed Jabari Parker, like what that's supposed to be, um, but he's there. I I just don't I don't I don't love that I don't love that for them because I'd rather I'd rather see more of John Collins and I'd rather see man I'd probably even rather see more of Alex Len than I would Ooh. A Jabari Parker. Alex Len's twenty six. Yeah, I, I couldn't come up with an NBA smart guy take, but my NBA Twitter guy take is that uh, Alex Len is good. Yeah, he had a good season last year. And then my NBA white guy take is uh, Kevin Herter. Yeah, just saying his name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, Andrew, listen to this trivia question. This is going to blow your mind. The Hawks have two DeAndres on their team, DeAndre mm-hmm. Bembry and DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. But they put their apostrophes in different places. Andrew, <laughs> where do where do they put their apostrophes? <laughs> I know DeAndre Hunter is after the D E. That is correct, and that's where most people, when you see DeAndre, if there's going to be an apostrophe, it would be after the D E. But DeAndre Bembry puts it in a very different place. I don't know. I don't know Bembry's. I have no idea. It's at the end of the name. So after the E. Show ownership? Like, of what? Well, so I researched this a little bit by going to Wikipedia. (laughs) His middle name is Pierre and also has an apostrophe at the end. At the end. So it's DeAndre apostrophe, Pierre apostrophe, Brembry. Did they mean to put, like, the little accent sign above the E? I don't think so. But they messed up. Because multiple websites have it as the apostrophe at the end. I think it's kind of cool looking. <laughs> and but I, why? Is, but why? Well, what I was wondering is when he's when he was in school and you know writing out his name and maybe adding a possessive term, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, DeAndre's bike. Does he do double apostrophe? 
Is that correct grammatically, or does he just stick with his own apostrophe? It's already there. He might as well use it. You've got to do double, right? It's a part uh, of I his name. I would do double. <laughs> Give me the other apostrophe. Because that is, I don't know about that. I'm kind of down on the hawks now because of that apostrophe. Really? Yeah. Well, I like it. I think <laughs> we need more apostrophes in names. Where would you put a, an apostrophe in your name? Uh, Probably between the E and the X. A-L-E okay. apostrophe X because I like the X being its own thing. <laughs> I think that would look cool. You could do it. You could add I'm it. allowed to. I'm allowed yeah. to. I can go down to the courthouse right now. Um, okay, my crystal ball question, Andrew. Who is the best NBA comp for DeAndre Hunter? I'm going to give you four options. Okay. Tony Snell, oh. Ryan Gomes, oh. poor man's Justin Anderson, or Kyle Singler. And if you're wondering why I chose those names, that was a tweet from at Dean on Draft. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't know Dean on Draft, you should go check him out. He's a wild man. He was the guy who a few weeks ago uh, posted a tweet saying that he had mathematically solved dating and he had <laughs> developed a statistic called the Universal Attractiveness Rating, UAR, <laughs> to, <laughs> to rank people's ability to date. That was that guy who before that had just been like, uh, I don't know, he's kind of like poor man's Haralabob. He just has very um, spicy takes. He's probably really – I don't know if he's a gambling guy or like a stats guy, but he, he, he's known as like a draft you know, connoisseur or whatever. But he does not like DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> the, person, <laughs> the guys he asked you to compare him to is Tony Snell, Ryan Gomes, a poor man's Justin Anderson. Not even Justin Anderson, the poor version, and then Kyle Singler. What is a poor man's Justin Anderson? Because Justin Anderson is not in the league. <laughs> I know. He was actually on the uh, the select team that beat the uh, USA team yeah. in the scrimmage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. But man, I've just never seen anyone dislike a lottery pick, a high lottery pick, that much. Yeah, that's and weird. And he's aggressive about it. Go look up Dean on Draft, DeAndre Hunter. There's a lot of tweets. Hey, if he's, he's not any, if, if he's not any good, I'm. I mean, everybody should follow Dean. Obviously. Yeah, we got. We got to give him a shout out. The reason I knew Dean was because he wrote an article about Billy Donovan when he was hired by the Thunder mm-hmm. and he hated Billy Donovan. And conversely, he really liked the Bulls coach. I don't even remember that guy's name. Uh, Fred. Oh, Hoiberg. Fred yeah. Hoiberg. Yeah. He loved Fred Hoiberg. Thought Billy Donovan was terrible. And he he was like uh, poo-pooing all of his like success at Florida for different reasons. Wow. But anyways, that was how I initially was introduced to Dean on draft, and I followed his career since, and, <laughs> which peaked with UAR. Uh, oh, bonus though, Andrew, who do you think will be end up becoming the second best young hawk? So everyone likes Trey Young. If you could only take one of the other guys for the rest of their career, who would you take? You can do John Collins, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. You can even do Jabari Parker if you really wanted to. Uh, I think John Collins is probably the safest pick because he's already really good. That is um, true. I'm not a huge Cam Reddish guy, but Cam could definitely be that guy too. Uh, but I'll go with John Collins just because I feel like that's the safest pick. Herder's awesome too. I don't know. They've got some good potential guys. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, there's there's too many wild takes about him as like a great player and as a bad player for me to even suggest that he could do it also the apostrophe placement is is a little questionable well no his his is in between the e and the a oh, i know i'm just saying that you're really on board with the with the end oh and, okay uh, so just, yeah so you actually too prefer tra- memory now too traditional <laughs> um okay the next one Whew, only three left andrew we can do this Chicago Bulls, 22-60 and 60 last year, 13th in the Eastern Conference. Their over-under is 33. <laughs> so they need to win seven more games. Their key additions, Kobe Kobe, yeah, Kobe yeah, White, yeah. Tomas Sonoransky, and Thaddeus Young. Key losses, Robin Lopez. I, th- I think we got to start off with the NBA smart guy take, which is that everyone loves Tomas Sonoransky. 
he is like the sole reason why everyone loved their summer so much. I know. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Fred loves him, too. Like, he loved talking to him. He said some hilarious stuff about Russell to him. He was so intrigued. He was so intrigued with Russell Westbrook and, like, how he acts and the things that he says. Um, And, like, he would ask Fred about him. He, like, knew Fred covered the Thunder in the previous year. And he was like, like, what is this guy like? He's just so intrigued by him. It's really funny. Um, So maybe it comes from that. I think, like, some takes come from stuff like that. Also, he's pretty good. Like, he's a pretty good player. He is pretty good, but... He's properly paid, too. Because he played for the Wizards, and probably because he's a a foreign guy, I think for the average fan who's just now hearing about him, they assume he's a young guy. Did you know that he is older than Brandon Knight? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Brandon Knight! From forever ago. I feel like there's a lot of guys on this team that are that way. That are like, oh, like... Close your eyes and tell me how old Cristiano Felicio is. Yeah, I was, pro- I was like, I, I would say probably like twenty four. He's twenty seven. Yeah, they have they have sneaky old guys. They do have sneaky old guys. Chris Dunn, twenty five. Denzel Valentine, wow. twenty five. That's sneaky right there. Those guys. Yeah, age. Shaquille Harrison, twenty five. Who would have known? Now, my personal smart guy take is that I'm a really big Otto Porter guy. Oh, okay. I really like Otto Porter. I really think the King should have traded for him instead of trading for Harrison Barnes. Okay. I would much rather have Otto Porter these next two seasons than whatever Harrison Barnes is getting paid for the next four seasons. Yeah. I think he really makes sense as just like a a great, like an upper level role player. Mm-hmm. I'm just a big fan of Otto Porter. So, with all that said, do you think they can win? What would they have? They would have to win twelve more games than last year. They'd have to get to thirty-four wins. Maybe they should. They should not have had that few of wins last year. It's true. So injuries last year: Wendell Carter missed thirty-eight, Lowry Markinen missed thirty, Zach Levine missed nineteen, and Otto Porter was traded for mid-season. He only played fifteen games for them. Okay, I think they could get there. I mean, I in, the, in the Eastern Conference, Thaddeus Young is good. He's a guy who helps you win games. Uh, I think they can. I think if Markkinen can stay healthy, they can kind of see what they have in Wendell Carter, too. Um, yeah, like, and those guys are good. Otto Porter's good. So, yeah. What do you think of my Otto Porter to the uh, Warriors trade? Uh, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell for Otto Porter. Hmm. I mean, I would like it. I feel like, I mean, I bet everyone would talk themselves into it because everyone loves the Warriors. But um, I don't know if that's enough for D'Angelo Russell just for the for the general consensus opinion of him. But I would really like Otto Porter on the Warriors. I feel like he'd be perfect. Yeah. Throw him a Chandler Hutchinson. Sure. Throw them to me. <laughs> Andrew, some trivia for you. Thaddeus Young is entering his 13th season in the NBA. How many teams has he played for? Bonus Uh-oh. if you can name them. Try to do it off the top of your head. That is correct. Indiana. Correct. Ch- Chicago. Correct. Uh, Minnesota. Oh, okay. That, that was the one I didn't know if you were going to remember because he only played 48 games with the Timberwolves. Um... Trying to think. I don't know who else. The only other one was uh, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. Okay. Crystal Ball, who makes the playoffs first, Atlanta or Chicago? Oh, boy. I think Chicago. They've got, they've got actual like veterans that can Tomas. help them get there. They've got Tomas. They've got Otto Porter. They've got Thad Young. Like They could make the playoffs this year. Like That could happen. Yeah, if all those young guys are healthy, I I really like Markinen. Yeah, if Markinen can play all season and can make another leap, like they could do it. Uh, they, yeah, I think it's probably Chicago. Like long term, I like Atlanta better, but in the next like three years, I think the Bulls have a chance to be a little bit better. It's not a huge gap between those two, but yeah. 
Okay, we have two left. Ooh, and they're two nasty ones. Cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> 19 and 63 last year, 14th in the Eastern Conference. For some reason, their over under is 24 and a half. Yeah. Which means they have to win at least five more games than last year. Their key additions, Darius Garland, Dylan Windler, and Kevin Porter Jr., all rookies. Mm-hmm. No major, I mean, I guess J.R. Smith, but he didn't even play for them last year. I, I don't know how, why their over-under is so high. Maybe it's a, a nod to Kevin Love. But even, you can nod to him all you want, but you still get to factor in the, the, the idea that they could trade him Yeah. this year. So I'm going under. Give me under 24 and a half. I think this will be one of the worst teams in the league. They're, they're so young, and they're not like the Hawks where they have like all these young blue chippers. Mm-hmm. They have like Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and then like, you look at their young guys, and no one really gets you that excited. I like Dylan Windler. I knew you were going to say that. That's my NBA smart guy take, <laughs> that you like Dylan Windler. <laughs> I do. I think he's hey, Andrew, good. guess what? Dylan what? Windler is older than Devin Booker. Yeah. Who was in the 2015 draft. I know, I know. He's an old man. His <laughs> playing days are done. <laughs> oh, I think he's interesting as a as a scoring wing. I also love Kevin Porter. I think that guy, he's, I mean, he's basically J.R. Smith reincarnated like he's really and he's really young like he's really young he's like four years younger than Windler is yeah this team's gonna be terrible these guys are so young um okay I have a fun trivia question for you okay in the 2013 NBA draft the Cleveland Cavaliers got the first overall pick and of course selected Anthony Bennett Mm mm-hmm but not everyone on their staff agreed. In fact, the big three decision makers, which were Dan Gilbert, who was the owner, Chris Grant, who was the GM at the time, and David Griffin, the assistant GM at the time, each had their own favorite prospect. Huh. So I want you, Andrew, to match the decision maker with their preferred prospect. And the prospect choices are Anthony Bennett, Ben McLemore, and Victor Oladipo. <laughs> so each of those three guys were the favorite of one of Dan Gilbert, Chris Grant, and David Griffin. How would you match them up? Uh, Anthony Bennett, uh, David Griffin. No, not David Griffin. Uh, their owner. What's their owner's Dan name? Gilbert. Gilbert, Dan Gilbert, yeah. Yeah, Bennett to Gilbert. Okay. Uh, Macklemore to Griffin. Okay. And then uh, Oladipo to Grant. All wrong, Andrew. <laughs> You know who was the biggest pusher for Anthony Bennett? Who? Darling of the NBA, David Griffin. Really? Wow. He was the the one that went to UNLV and was actually on campus. And he says got sold the bill of goods on Anthony Bennett. But it's really interesting because Chris Grant did not want to take Anthony Bennett. And in fact, in their war room, uh, this was either draft night or right before – the votes, there were 10 people in the room. It was nine to one. Nine of the people in the room wanted Anthony Bennett. The only one who didn't was Chris Grant, who was wow. their actual GM. Wow. But on the flip side, the guy he wanted was Ben McLemore. Okay. In, in fact, after they selected Anthony Bennett, he thought he had a deal done with the Sacramento Kings for the seventh pick. But then the Kings decided to take Ben McLemore on their own. So they were actually going to try to trade up and get two first-round picks, which would have been Anthony Bennett and Ben McElmore, which would have been awful. Wow. And then Dan Gilbert, his favorite player was Victor Oladipo. Wow. So just listen to Dan. <laughs> I uh, knew David Griffin had to be one of those bad players. I was just like, it's gotta, he's got to want one of those bad players. The, the fact that it is Anthony Bennett is really very sad. And now the Rockets have both those guys. They do. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, hey, my crystal ball question. Everyone wants to know, Andrew, will Kevin Love be traded this year? And if so, do you have a team in mind? I don't know. Who trades for Kevin Love? Uh, that's a great question. I feel like the Bradley Beal thing has to happen first. Because mm-hmm. any team that is able to trade for Kevin Love, I feel like they're going to be more interested in Bradley Beal. Yeah. So even if they don't have the assets, they're going to convince themselves, hey, hey, let's at least hang around. 
Yeah. Maybe Miami. They feel like they're always a trade candidate for somebody because they've got like all these mid-sized contracts. Yeah. But you could trade Dragic and Waiters. (laughs) Waiters back to Cleveland. Um, The return. I don't know. And a pick or and Tyler Hero for Kevin Love. It obviously needs to be a team that is at least in playoff contention. Yeah. And there's just not a lot to get you excited. No. (laughs) And then you'd have Kevin Love joining with uh, Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek. (laughs) It's like this trio of (laughs) big men that shoot it that are white. Yeah. Um, So that would be cool. Like, who in the West would want him? Portland is kind of one, right? Yeah. Portland... Yeah, Portland is actually probably the best option because they are locked in with Dame and CJ. And you do white would... side and you throw white side and a pick for Kevin Love. Yeah, I don't know if that gets it done, but I, I would do that if I was Portland. Oh, what if you uh what if you trade Anthony Simons? Well, and, well yeah, and white side? I, I don't know. Would they do that? They love Simons so much. I know he's an NBA smart guy, though. He he definitely is because my opinion of him is like borderline untouchable. Yeah. So Kevin yeah, Love so maybe, makes them so much better, though. Like if you have Kevin Love, Dame, CJ, Zach Collins, you can, Zach Collins, you can play him with Nurkic when Nurkic comes back. Yeah. I mean that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. He's on their timeline. Kevin Love's good. He's a good player. He's still a good player. And that yeah, that, would that be raises fun. that raises their ceiling. That's my favorite Kevin Love destination. And he's a guy that probably loved Portland and talk about how much he loves Portland. Well, he's from Oregon. Well, there you go. In fact, I think he's from Lake Oswego, which is just like 15 minutes south of where I am. Okay. Um, okay, last one. The New York Knicks. Oh boy. 17 and 65 last year, 15th in the Eastern Conference. Listen to this over under. They won 17 games last year. Their over under is 27 and a half. 27 and a half. They have to win 11 more games. Their key additions RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, Alfred Payton, Marcus Morris. Key losses DeAndre Jordan, Mario Hazonia, Emmanuel Mudiay, Noah Vonley. How they, are they going to win 11 more games? How are they going to play five power forwards at the same time? What's their starting backcourt? Dennis Smith Jr. and who? Frank? No, 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 no. Reggie Bullock? Reggie Bullock? Yeah. I guess. Who else would it be? I don't know. What I'm saying is they're not good. Is this <laughs> Wayne Ellington? Good Does Wayne Ellington start? N- no. <laughs> Oh, Trier. What about Alonzo Trier? Sure. They're going to be terrible. I'm taking the under and I'm locking it in, Andrew. Lock it in, baby. How do you play Todd Gibson, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morris, and Julius Randle? The minutes that they all think they deserve. You don't. And then they... this. Okay, so this gets into my NBA smart guy take, which I don't know if this is a smart uh, NBA guy take, but it's definitely a smart Knicks guy take, which is that actually the Knicks had a really good offseason. <laughs> I've been I've been hearing that out. People have started to spin it, and I am pushing back, Andrew. How? How did they have a good offseason? Because the whole idea is that, well, they didn't sign any really bad contracts. Like, all of these deals are one plus ones, or Julius Randle's a two plus one. So, like, they're going to be able to get back into, like, 2021 free agency. It's like, what? So they can do this again? Like, what? This team, this was their shot offseason. What, what a good offseason would have been. Is if like they did the Andre Iguodala trade, and got a pick, and did yeah. stuff like that. Because like, what what they're saying is that oh well you can flip all these guys like at the trade deadline because they're on such favorable contracts, which maybe you can, but how are you going to be able to like showcase any of these guys during the season because they all play a similar position? And by the way, like it's not even you can move these guys over to the five because you obviously want to play Mitchell Robinson a lot. Yeah, he might be your best young player right now. That is possible. 
Yes. Possible. They're paying Todd Gibson, Bobby Portis, Marcus Morrison, Julius Randle $57 million this year. Oh, that's a great offseason. Love that. $57 million. What? I mean, that's... It's crazy. That that is crazy. And maybe you th- maybe you think like, oh, we could trade them. Who's who's gonna trade for Bobby Portis at fifteen million? Yeah, like I could see Marcus Morris. That seems like a believable one. Yeah, that's a, that's um, a fine deal for Marcus Morris. You could probably trade him to somebody and get maybe something back. Todd Gibson at nine million. Todd Gibson's thirty four. Like who's paying? Yeah. Who else is paying Todd Gibson nine million dollars this summer? Like that would require either someone starting center getting hurt, and them just be, another team being desperate. And Todd really isn't a center. I, I know, but you don't really want to play him at power forward either. I know. That's why you don't pay him nine million dollars. <laughs> hey, but great, great off season. Great off season. <laughs> great off season. Like I'm fine with the Julius Randall signing. That's great. Just yeah, just stop there. Fine. Just stop there. Use your cap space to make trades for teams that are desperate. To to get rid of to get rid of players like Golden State was with Andre Iguodala. I can't believe that the Knicks the Knicks have such a in fact this is my trivia question trivia question Andrew what's the Knicks longest streak of consecutive playoff appearances how many seasons in a row oh ever yeah in their history just oh. what would you guess off the top of your head know, like four it was fourteen oh wow the Knicks. Are a great. They have a great history. They're a great organization. They've made the playoffs fourteen years in a row. This is during the nineties. Okay, yeah, that makes into sense. into the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were a good team, like perennially, perennially, <laughs> perennially. <laughs> and now they're just in the gutter. But they have such. They should be like we talk about uh, Lakers exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. You know this idea that the Lakers just think they're better than everyone else. The Knicks should have that. Because of where they are and their history and MSG, and they just squander it year after year after year, and and everyone keeps buying back in, keeps buying back in. They'll they'll buy in for the 2021 free agency when Giannis inevitably turns them down. Yeah, who's uh, that, that's why me. they need to just they just need to build from the ground up. They just need to just be bad and just draft guys and stick with them. Like yeah. they could have Porzingis on this team. They didn't yes, have, they could have. They didn't have to trade him. Ugh. All right, my crystal ball, Andrew. Speaking of Porzingis and who they traded him for, who will shoot better from the free throw line this year? Mitchell Robinson, who shot 60% for the Knicks last year, or Dennis Smith Jr., who shot 57% for the <laughs> Knicks last year? I had no idea he was such a bad free throw shooter. He's a career 67% free throw shooter. Oh, that's not and he's supposed to be their point guard of the future. It's not good. He shot like 28% from three with the Knicks last year. Mm. I was so into Dennis Smith Jr., and maybe it'll just take a little while. I guess I'll bet on Dennis Smith just because I think that's that's kind of how big men shoot from the free throw line. So I know, but apparently this is how Dennis Smith shoots from the free throw line. If that's true, like he could be out of the league. Yeah. I he- follow too many Knicks people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I get too many pro Nick stuff in my feed. When when it was Frank uh, Nilakina's birthday, yeah, I, I swear, like every fifth tweet was about was happy birthday, Frank, happy birthday, Frank. Oh, Frank, this is your year, Frank. You're blowing up this year. Apparently, Knicks fans still really believe in Frank. <sighs> That's sad. That's so kind of we'll sad. Andrew, we did it. We finished the Eastern Conference. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's over. It's unbelievable. We don't have to talk about it until next summer. Oh. Thanks, thanks for listening to all of this and all of the Eastern Conference over the last was it three weeks? Yeah, now we get to go in the Western Conference. Go to the West next week. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Follow Alex on Twitter at albabycakes. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five star iTunes review if you get a chance. It's super easy. Uh, if you have an iPhone, click on the Purple Podcast app. Search Down to Dunk. Hit five stars. Boom, you're done. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.